And welcome to Land Parties, episode 72 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me as always, my esteemed co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how are you, my friend? I am doing good. Had a good Memorial Day weekend. Had to work a little bit, but that's okay. Enjoyed uh, some time with my girlfriend, of course, Mass Effect. And now just trying to stay cool because we're in Vegas and the heat is coming, Ryan, and I am not it's okay odd. with this. <laughs> I am How not. Was- yeah, I was going to say, uh, my weekend was good. I actually went back to Chicago uh, for a one of my one of my oldest friends is getting married. He had his bachelor party, so we went out. In true old man fashion, we were in bed by 1230, by the way. <laughs> so I just, you know, we were we were good boys, but we started at like 11 o'clock, too. So uh, it was good, though. But yeah, coming coming from Chicago and then coming back to Vegas, you know, obviously I'm in uh, long sleeve and stuff like that. So instantly started baking. Um, but it was it was good. It was a, it was a really fun weekend and just getting to catch up with old uh, college roommates and stuff like that. It was amazing. However, enough about us. What about our guests? We have the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, Roger Smith. Roger, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How about you? Doing well. well actually, doing well. That's just a rhetoric. I mean, it's 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 uh, you know, it's one of those conversational things. Because I've heard how you were. I mean, like I'm <laughs> in Chicago and coming back to uh, to the to the uh, the Valley of the Sun. That's that's Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, too, you're making me feel that much older when you sit there and say, like, you know, in true old man fashion, we were done by 1230 because I, I, like bedtime for me is like 930. <laughs> so, yeah, I have my prunes and my warm glass of milk and then I go to bed. <laughs> the children are playing the rock and roll music too loudly, so. Yeah, that's how I know you're doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, yeah, it, it uh, I, I have to take daily naps now. It's a, yeah. it's a thing. It's yeah, otherwise, a thing. You know, <laughs> otherwise, your trick knee, you know, gives out on you, right? It's going to rain. My knee is bothering me. Therefore, this is what you must sound like when this is what you will sound like when you're old. So we're, that's all, right. we're all headed there. This is, oh, you know. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank I, you. What I walk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, we are super well, all the excited that we did. Sorry, I, all the walking that we did. Literally, my body just was in absolute misery, pain. I had to take ibuprofen just to feel like a person. It yeah. was crazy. Well, it's like Chicago. <laughs> Nobody walks in Las Vegas unless you. I mean, like not when it's 110 degrees outside and that kind of thing. Unless you're, you know, that's how you know everybody's inebriated because they're outside when it's 110 degrees and they're, <laughs> they're smiling with their giant, you know, plastic things with the straws that, you know, holding the drink down here. to. <laughs> drink yeah. That's the only way you'll get out in 110 degree heat. Otherwise, you're you're inside or in an Uber, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Walking in Vegas. No. Exactly. They, they <laughs> keep those casinos nice and cool. Yes. <laughs> For good reason. Well, we of course are excited to jump into the world of Sonic, but we just wanted to touch on a couple topics real quick. And the first is we got a, a good look at Horizon Forbidden West. It looks beautiful. Ryan, I'm going to be honest. The one thing that worries me just as a PlayStation fan and a fan of Horizon is we didn't get a release window. And I look, I know and I I do grant studios a lot of grace, obviously, with the the whole pandemic that we've had to face. Mm -hmm. 
But, oh boy, I was hoping we'd get this or God of War this year. Clearly, if one of those two is coming, it's going to be this, because we've gotten such an extensive look at it now. But I am worried that we might not get it this year, because otherwise, why wouldn't you tease a window, right? A holiday 2021. So the fact that Mm -hmm. they haven't done that makes me a little worried we're not going to see it. Well, and and here's the thing, too. I I think, you know, to since, you know, 2020, I feel like a lot of companies learn about over promising and under delivering. And I feel like a lot of companies now have gone back to the ways of, you know what, before we can absolutely say this is this is happening, we're just not going to talk about it at all. And I actually think it's kind of a smarter move on their part because the backlash alone, you put it out there, people get hyped up. They're going to, you know what I mean? All the internet hate, all this and that, it, it, it already has bad reviews before anybody's even touched the game. I just feel like it's a, it's definitely a safer route to go, but I think it's a smarter route uh, for them to go. It's like, again, I would rather them have to delay and be able to deliver a solid experience and a solid game as opposed to building up that hype factor, that hype train. And then either they miss deadline or they force it through and it's got all kinds of issues, which we know with, especially some of these bigger games that came out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, was that I thought I had muted. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Those are facts. And that, I, I, again, I think that was one of the big ones where people were like, whoa, wait a second. This thing has gotten a huge amount of backlash. The game wasn't ready to come out. And, and I always feel bet- bad for um, and you never really like I don't know what the behind the scenes are, but you know that the studio is up front you know, as far as uh, uh, the ones that are going to take the brunt of that stuff, where it could be, you know, the shareholders. We've got a piece of shareholders. They expect this date. We have to hit this date. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a tough one. I, I think of both of those games. So for sure, I think that this one has the potential to come out. Um, they've been working on it for a while, and I don't know how much, uh, you know, the pandemic really affected its release date. Uh, but this looks gorgeous, dude. And I cannot wait to get back into the story with her. She is the story's amazing. The character's amazing. I'm, I'm really pumped about this. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that we get some good news here. Maybe. Hey, maybe this summer. You never know. There's going to be a ton of announcements coming out. Roger, let me let me ask you, because obviously you're no stranger to work working on highly anticipated projects. You've worked on a number of them in a lot of different arenas. And that's always going to draw out people both positively and negatively. You know, as as an actor, how do you deal with the enthusiasm, if you want to put it that way, that can come from, from a project? Uh, you know, Resident Evil 5 comes to mind. Like there were some very passionate voices on, on both ends of the spectrum there. Uh, yep. And how, how do you kind of handle that? You know, I, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, it's I, I get that it comes, well, I don't know. I get that it comes with the territory of the way things are done now. And I, I, I think that's because of social media and that's because of the internet. Um, because they have access to us. And so, and right. since we are not hiding behind a brand or hiding behind, you know, some cryptic username. It's like they, they can Google the actor, find out who's involved and go to them and start demanding answers to questions that they're never going to get from the actual brand sort of like Twitter account or Instagram account or website or that kind of thing. So I get that it comes with the territory. I'm not always necessarily all that psyched for it, Um, either even if it's just <laughs> positive or negative, because it's like, hey, 
you know, everything is always about just wait for it to come out. I mean, and I'm I'm guilty of the same thing. I can remember thinking, wait a minute, you know, the, what was the what was the movie that uh, that he, that Heath Ledger was in, where where he was the was it the he was a knight and the gosh, I think oh, it was like a, a knight's oh. tale, a knight's tale. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it's, it's a, a knight's tale. And it's like when they announced that, you know, Heath Ledger was going to be doing the Joker, you know, it, it, you know, that you were like, really the guy from like this, the, 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 the contemporary music, you know, singing <laughs> knight's tale is going to be the Joker. And it's like, you know, I, I had the same cynicism that I think a lot of people would have with any sort of project being announced. And yet he turned in one of the most remarkable and memorable performances in that role ever. And so it's like you got to just let stuff kind of happen. I think we I think that's maybe where the, the 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 failure of social media is that we were so instantly ready to just weigh in. And we've we've placed so much importance on that, that now we just feel like you have to. It's like you see something and you go, wow, the animation looks a little too smooth. I need to let everybody know I think the animation looks a little too smooth uh, or mm-hmm. I don't like the sound of this or I don't like the look of mm-hmm. that. And it's like, you know, or even when it's nice, it's nice to, to see something positive. But but it still is kind of like you don't know. I mean, until you experience the thing in its entirety, because that's what the developers kind of have in mind is that you are going to, you know, pop this in <laughs> back in the day when they had discs. Uh, <laughs> you're going to download this game and you're going to fire it up and you're going to hopefully sit through and and interactively immerse yourself in this environment and experience the medium, experience the art, the way the developers intended for it from start to finish. and. And only until then can you really, you know, weigh in with what what the experience was like for you. That being said, uh, you know, it, it just sort of is is what comes with the territory. And it's neat to see when people are excited and it sucks when people just see something and they start, you know, crapping all over it because they just think it's, you know, it, whatever they they can, you know. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I just sort of weather it kind of everything's with a grain of salt, you know. It's kind of, it's, it's, I, I, it's, it just how, it's just how we do what we do today. Did your perspective change when you became, got into acting? Did, cause you know, did you kind of gain a more of an appreciation for what other actors are going through in that kind of process? I guess, I mean, one of the things that I always liked about voice acting specifically was just that it was like, I was a member of a production team. I was I was a mm-hmm. part of something. I mean, my major in college was screenwriting. My background was like stand-up comedy. So I wanted to do things that were more like, oh, I'll be a writer someday or I'll be somebody, you know, that's that's that's, you know, behind the glass, behind the camera and just kind of a part of the production staff, which is what I enjoyed doing. And then you know, voiceover was kind of like the best of all worlds. It was a little bit like stand up and a little bit like screenwriting and a little bit like being a part of a production crew. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, when I first got into it, um, I think it was Tom Kenny. I've said this before. Tom, I th- I've heard it was attributed to Tom Kenny. He said, and maybe he ripped it off from somebody else, but that if the world of entertainment were superheroes, voice actors would have the power of invisibility. And there was a time mm-hmm. when that existed. Because we were as out there as we wanted to be. If we went to a fan convention or something like that, then yeah, for sure, you might get recognized. And, mm-hmm. and even then might by the hardcore, you know, folks that follow voice acting in games or, you know, animation, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But but it wasn't until you were on the panel that people were like, no way, that's what the, you know, the voice of so-and-so looks like. But now with social media, there's an expectation that we engage and that we foster growth on our followers and all that kind of stuff because that's how the industry has shifted and changed so yeah my perspective has changed but not not sort of um 
unwillingly, you know, I, like I had to mm-hmm. kind of go down the path and go like, all right, this is again, this is how we're doing it now. This is what we do. And uh, so, yeah, my perspective has shifted because I came into the industry at a time when it wasn't a lot of that. I mean, it was like MySpace was a thing, you know, <laughs> um, and that was that was like in the, in the the days of stand up too. like all of a sudden this MySpace thing became, you know, how you how you how you grew your audience and that kind of thing. And for me, the idea that like, I don't know, it, it, it's it's been weird to kind of watch it sort of blossom and become what it is because I got into it because I liked the sort of behind the scenes kind of aspect of it where I wasn't out there unless I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it, what am I going to do? Rail against it and then not work? <laughs> so, right, exactly. you know, it's like this is it, 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 dance with the one what brung you or who brung you. Um, and it's like, yeah, this this is this is how we're doing things now. So, yeah, my perspective has shifted, but I get it. I get that this mm-hmm. is this is the way things are. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the this question the or not. Way. Yeah, it does. It does. It's it's pretty wild to see how social media has has the good and the bad. Like, and and I think I think recently we're seeing people address the bad, which I think is a good thing, or or they're at least more conscious of it. And hopefully that will lead to some positive changes here going forward. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully positivity rains out. Uh, but I think I don't think that's how we. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Like, like we internalize everything. We we go through life, you know, sort of narcissistically in 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 many ways. Where it's like this world that I'm experiencing is the world that I'm experiencing, and mm-hmm. and social media really fosters the idea of like, hey, I have an opinion about X, Y, and Z, and therefore I'm either going and it's and sometimes it's rewarded by by people liking and you know, affirming this thing that I think, and therefore I must be right. And doesn't it feel good to be right? And all these, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I, I, uh, I have a very mixed sort of a relationship with social media and I definitely don't like seeing the correlation between depression and teenagers and, and, you know, suicidal tendencies and thoughts and the smartphone. And it's like the data just shows like both were right on the increase. Right. The more we started getting more apps and the more we have started, you know, it's like, man, it, it's a, it's a crazy thing to think. The, you know, the the growth of the mistakes and the learning and all that stuff that, that comes with adolescence and young adulthood and all that. And now what used to be something that might be, you know, oh, man, I got bullied in, in high school, uh, you know, and there might have been 300 kids that knew about it in my town. Now it could be something that winds up going viral. And it's like now there's, you know, 30 million hits and it's like stuff like that. That's a little I don't think we're hardwired for that as human beings. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's I, I hope positivity rains out. I hope we start to learn like, hey, we got to we got to actually be even extra nice, <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. as you would if you were in public, you know, like half the stuff that that people do on the internet is stuff they would never do if they were, you know, visible to, uh, and if they weren't hiding behind the anonymity of a, of a, you know, a cryptic username or that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they would never do this stuff in, in, uh, in real uh, IRL. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they would never do that. So it's, it's an interesting thing. It's, and yet it can also facilitate connections like this, you know, it's like mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. as a result of you reaching out to me through social media, which would have been really difficult in the past. Like, contact my agent if my agent doesn't answer the phone, you know, or if the assistant is having a bad day. And, you know, it's like, can you get through that kind of thing? So it's, you know, it, it's got a lot of really, really neat positive aspects. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes I think we're we're just trying to figure out how to navigate all the bad stuff. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. It has absolutely changed 
just how the world works and how the world connects and everybody has a platform to do so. I couldn't imagine being a kid having social media. Like I'm pretty sure I would have gotten canceled years ago uh, <laughs> just from being, <laughs> being a dummy or saying something dumb. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you mean like what a kid does and, a yeah. and that's, that's <laughs> why I just say like, I don't think we're, you know what I mean? It's like, like, yeah, the, the, the whole point is to grow and learn and make your mistakes and hopefully not keep repeating them. And to find out, ooh, okay, that was I, I should not have done that, said that, thought that, behaved that way. Like all those things that that society, your parents, your friends, everything kind of just has a way of kind of settling. But now it's like it's it's scary to think that like we we in an effort to I think because we're so uncomfortable when you see when we see somebody making a mistake, mm-hmm. we there's just the way that we have this this backlash towards things. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. but but that's a person who probably is is fallible just as we are making a mistake mm-hmm. and hopefully they can grow from it but now how do you come back from something that that like you know the entire world has decided you're the worst thing ever and so like you said you know getting canceled and things like that you just go how's this all going to work how how does how does everybody navigate this you know it's it's going to be and not feel pressure and yet i talk to young people and they're just kind of like oh, no, it just sort of is what it is and i look at it going like <laughs> man i grew up without the internet so it was kind of like yeah. i remember it all of a sudden becoming a thing. And it was like, yeah, yeah. That was like, like right around like 18, 19 is when it started happening for me. So mm-hmm. I can remember life before it. And yeah, there's a big part of me. that's like, no, I think things were a lot better. I think, I think right. life was a little more manageable. I think happiness was, it was easier. Boredom was okay. You know, uh, it, it's like, you know, you're not went outside and did things. Yeah. Yeah. You went out, <laughs> yeah. You went and did stuff or you had to a memorize somebody's phone number to call them, yes. you know, and, uh, and, and call them and, and, and have them answer the phone and not get irritated with going like, dude, why didn't you just text me? Right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating thing to kind of watch. And, and I think we're probably still another 10 to 15. Cause you know, there's no way we're getting rid of it. I think we're right. still at least another decade, if not longer into really navigating and, and understanding the data about how, how we're affecting ourselves by going through this grand experiment uh, that is this existence in the online world. So, yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see getting back on topic here a little bit. Yeah, we'll, sorry. we'll see. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you're good. This wasn't a mental health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully uh, forbidden West does come out. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that. So, but, but, we, we, you guys know that uh, last year summer, uh, summer game fest, it was completely virtual. It's going to be virtual again this year, but it starts this June 10th, and I am pretty pumped. They've got huge, huge names, uh, huge, huge reveals. I know that uh, on that first day, Weezer is going to be doing a live performance. You've got PlayStation uh, that's going to be a part of this, which is good to see PlayStation playing ball uh, with Microsoft and and all them. So this should be really exciting. We've got at the indie dev um the indie dev day is also going to be june 10th as well i can't wait to see i think this this kind of kicks off that summer of games getting those reveals seeing what's coming up what's in store for the future getting updates on games that we already know about and then seeing games obviously that we don't even know about yet i am absolutely pumped for this yeah i'm i'm super excited to uh I, I guess I should probably mention that uh, Jeff Keeley's involved with with creating that, and since uh, I was part of that Game Awards Future class, I'm just going to throw it out there. But <laughs> let, let me just let me just mix this with between Summer's Games Fest and E3. Like this is such a fun time of the year now. Like just between mm-hmm. those two shows, 
we're going to get so many announcements, so many teases, probably so many leaks that like, like this is, this is just, uh, it truly is a celebration. And as a gamer, like, like there is nothing more fun than seeing a bunch of games that you can get excited and pumped for and, and, and just, just getting psyched for what's coming. Like, like as a gamer, this is so much fun. Yeah. I mean, this is the, this is, uh, I, I just love that they're all kind of just mashed up. And this actually, so last year, the event was three, I believe it was over the three months. It was from June to like August. And this year they're condensing it down from it's uh, it starts off. Uh, like we said, next Thursday, June 10th at 11 AM PST. And then it's going to uh, be going till, I want to say they said somewhere towards the end of July. So I like the fact that they're kind of condensing it down a little bit. And that means that we're going to get even more action and more stuff in a shorter period of time. And, and I've, you've got no complaints on my end. So (laughs) (laughs) what about, what about, uh, what about you, Roger? You got any games or anything that you're anticipating or looking forward uh, to checking out? It's condensed hype. (laughs) You know, honestly, so my, my Xbox took a, uh, took a dump a little while ago and I'm just waiting. I still can't believe that we haven't seen that there's more available on the, uh, the, was it the Xbox series X or X? It's crazy. I can't believe that it's still not coming back online. Like, nope, still can't get any. I'm like, okay, well, and granted, I mean, it's like, you know, really first world problems. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so I've not been gaming hardly at all because I, uh, I, I, I've missed out on playing some of the and doing some of the streams and, and whatnot with mm-hmm. some of my uh, colleagues on uh, on Apex Legends um, mm. as a result of it because they were like, hey, you want to get on and like join? I was like, I'd love to. I don't have an Xbox right now and I just don't want to go buy another 360 and, you know, mm-hmm. or Xbox right. X. What was what? the S? The X? I, yeah. We said Which, it. Their naming convention is like, come on, it's man. Awful. Come it's on, awful. man. Come on, man. It's like the iPhone X is the iPhone 10 and and 10S and X1 and, yep. you know, yep. the X-Wing fighter, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's uh, so, yeah, I, I have yet to go get another, uh, you know, another gaming rig. And I'm just kind of and I'm an Xbox guy. So I I just am like, all right, I, I think I've got a lot to uh, to catch up on once uh, once I do get uh, maybe in 2022. Yeah. Uh, my hands on a <laughs> on an right. Xbox Microsoft X Series X box X, X, <laughs> model X Series X sub subsection A Dewey <laughs> Decimal B point four. I think I think you've got your audition tape to be their spokesperson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing the all new Microsoft Xbox Series X dash four decimal model subsect B available now. There you go. And then the legal the legal disclaimer. Offer more information. There we go. I'm such a ham. Oh yes, yes. It's exciting time. So and and yeah, this will be because I mean E three is going to be huge as well. And the number of I mean you've got you've got uh, EA Bandai uh, Namco Blizzard. The 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 list of people that are participating is is huge. Not only that, but then I I feel like this is you know we've had some bangers come from the indie side. So I feel like uh, as far as indie developers, this is a great way to be able to showcase new games that they have coming out um, and and things that will be coming here in the new, near future, especially with uh, uh, just w- the fact that we are on those ne- on to the next generation. It almost doesn't feel like 
we're we're there yet. You know what I mean? Like the roster of games within the ecosystem of PlayStation Five and and Xbox Series XS um, <laughs> is just not. <laughs> Sorry, what? X slash. Yeah. <laughs> Except like it's, excess, like in addition, like in excess of the band or like in excess of, I'm confused. Sorry. Continue. See, your how dare they? Yes. How dare they? But yeah, no, it, you know, I, I think this is going to be a showcase as to what we can expect uh, as gamers for these next generation uh, consoles and games and stuff like that. Um, it's still very early. Like you're, like you're saying, uh, Roger, there's just, both on both the Microsoft side and the PlayStation side, there's just not enough units out there. People can't get a hold of the things. Yeah. And to be honest, there's not really that many games that really even warrant getting the next generation. System uh, yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully this kind of opens that up a little bit. And along with that, them actually being able to, to produce more of these. I know there's this global, the global chip, uh, um, I, that is affecting so many different yeah. industries in in huge, huge ways. Uh, it's unfortunate to to see that, but hopefully, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's like I would be eyeballing 2022. Um, maybe they make a strong push at holiday season. We'll see how it goes. Uh, again, I think that chipset is just really holding production back in a lot of areas. But uh, 2022, I know it's going to be hot. We've already got games that we were anticipating that we know are being delayed out to 2022. I think 2022 is just going to be just boom, 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 boom. They're just going to be hitting us with uh, all, all the hype throughout the year. And I am so excited for this. Agreed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So remember, guys, it starts next Thursday, June 10th, 11 a.m. PST. It'll be going through the end of July. So just look, there'll be streams. There'll be more, more announcements, collaborations, uh, things of that nature. So it'll be fantastic. Real quickly, let's take a break. And on the back end, it's all about Roger and talking about the things that he does. We'll be right back, Finally, guys. God. Yeah, we took too long. <laughs> <laughs> if you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On And on top of that... We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Well, 
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to that short message. And now comes the extremely fun part of the show. Roger, there's so many places we can take this. You've played so many iconic and memorable characters from Batman to Chris Redfield to, to in Assassin's Creed, but I'm not going to bury the lead here. Let's talk Sonic. And fans earlier this year, I think were heartbroken when you announced that you were stepping away from the role only to be so elated just this past week when you announced that you were coming back to the role or unretiring, I guess, uh, to, to put it. <laughs> Roger, what changed from January to now to make you uh, change your decision? Uh, so, you know, in, in in trying to be as as careful and respectful of, of all parties involved, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the, the decision that I made at that time, as I had stated, uh, you know, on, I think, another sort of interview situation, that it was just something that, that I had done at that time that for me felt like the right thing to do at the at the time and unexpectedly i mean th- this wasn't i'm sure the cynics uh, the 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 cynics the uh the the sort of prevailing cynicism of folks that'll be out there would think oh this was a negotiation tactic or somebody was unhappy or there was a firing or anything like that and i i can only just say there's nothing like that um but uh sort of unexpectedly uh some communication started taking place about a month after that um, and, uh, and as a result of get, you know, of having these conversations, things got better and worked out and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, by all means, I mean, it was never done on my part as a, and that'll show them, or maybe mm-hmm. this will perk their ears or anything like that. It was a, it was an individual decision. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, Hey, let's, let's, let's talk about this, this, this. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, here we go. We're back, uh, back in business. And, and so I know that people would love to get as many details as possible. And it's like, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the industry doesn't function that way. Um, and, and it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, as awkward as it was for me to go like, Oh, hey, I, so I'm back. <laughs> like, uh, uh, that was a good retirement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and I, I love that people are going like, you know, nothing came out with another voice. So it's not like you left. <laughs> you really, right. you could have just avoided all of this. And, uh, and, and so, it, you know, it, it's it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like, look, look at what happened as a result of it being on social media. If this was something that that I had just basically through my representation had just, you know, uh, informed, you know, the folks that, that, that matter in this, that, you know, Hey, we're done. And, and all of a sudden it's like, nobody would have known anything and the next game would have come out. And, you know, it's like, if there was no social media for us to go, what happened? Why is the voice changed or that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Everybody would just assume and make up their own stories about what must mm-hmm. have happened or that kind of thing. But because of the way things are handled in social media, it was like, all right, this is important to like, let people know so that if there's new things that are coming out, they can, they can understand what what my stance was, that kind of thing. Um, and so now here we are with a little bit of like, you know, of an awkward situation. But um, everybody seems to be on board for for just kind of, you know, getting back to work and moving right along, which has been phenomenal. And I'm I'm thrilled to be back in the in the role. It was a neat, neat thing to kind of look at that and go like, man, that was 10 years. That's that's an insanely long period of time to to, to be in any role, any given sort of situation. And uh and was actually really honored and, and flattered uh, to have the, the lines of communication uh, open up and uh, and for us to, to 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 do this again. So it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a great situation. That's uh, that's that's about as 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 much as I can say about that. OK, that I mean, 
as as Sonic fans here, I mean, we then got that coupled with a ton of of big announcements yeah. of uh, for upcoming games, including a brand new Sonic game uh, and a couple of re releases and remasters here. So, you know, you as you said, you you've been with Sonic for a decade now. Yeah. What part of his character would you like to explore going forward that that maybe you haven't yet? Where would you like to see him go uh, that you haven't been able to take him? Oh, you know, that's, that's more for, that's more for Sega than it is for uh-huh. me. I mean, like, honestly, it, it's kind of interesting when, when, when somebody asks a voice actor about a role that they've done or, you know, uh, that they've been a part of, I, I always kind of just go, look, it's, it's really not my job. I mean, there, there's, there's some wonderfully collaborative projects that I've been a part of to where you can kind of start to weigh in and, and arguably it can be the same thing with Sonic or Batman or any of these, these characters, you know, Mirage, like, like all those types of things. Y- you can be in the booth and say, can I reword this? I just don't feel like, you know, I, you feel like a, like a very stereotypical actor-y kind of thing to say, like, I don't feel like my character would say it this way. So it's, it's never really up to me. I mean, I, like I'm always one of the nice parts about my side of the business is that I get to show up and find out, oh, man, they're going to do this now. That's mm-hmm. really cool because really and truly it's the writers, it's the developers and the writers that they are the ones trying to further, you know, where these characters are going to go. So for me to say, what would I, I can't even imagine what do you do with a character like Sonic, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, 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 to take him to new avenues or new places that starts to maybe not feel like Sonic. Uh-huh. And I shouldn't be trusted with those ideas. That's where the developers and the writers and all those folks, that's where they, that's, that's their job and it's actually more exciting for me to find out that all of a sudden they go oh hey here's what's happening in this next version or here's what we've decided we're going to do we're going to try this try that so that's 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 what i look forward to um as -hmm. far as anything i would want it's like uh, they've already kind of done it i mean like i mean gosh just even even the fact that it's like the brand and the character has so much reach. You know, Sonic is such such a, a rarity in, in the gaming world that it's a series that can appeal to gamers of all ages. And even in these re-releases, you know, you can reintroduce games to to people. Plus, with a new title, kind of push and and get people excited for the new entry. Is that is that fun for you as as part of the creative team to to be able to appeal to such a wide base of gamers? Without a doubt. And it's actually, I mean, like what you've said there too is is really important because I think I think. Arguably, there's nothing worse than when somebody sees a new project come out or a new version of a project uh, or a product that they grew up on and they go, well, that's not that's not my insert, you know, superhero or character or project Mm -hmm. here. That's not my version of this. And you want to go, yeah, you, you understand, like all these things have to constantly evolve. Everything has to adapt. Everything has to kind of keep kind of refreshing itself. Otherwise, what you wind up doing is just repeating something over and over and over again. And you wind up really alienating a newer audience or not doing anything that that feels like it's fresh and new for a a changing younger audience. And so the idea that like you can go back and play the replayability of like all those Sonic titles is, is, is there. And so the, the, the fact that you can go back, revisit the things that you enjoyed about it and possibly even introduce that to the younger audience to say, Hey, I think it's awesome that you're really excited about this thing coming out or as a result of like the movie introducing like a new generation of, of fans to the character, you can, instead of it being like, Oh, that's not mine. Or, Oh, this is, you know, the, the older stuff was you know better. And therefore I reject the new stuff. 
instead of having like an attitude towards it, just say, hey, look, isn't it neat that 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 this thing that I love is now starting to be introduced and loved, uh, introduced to and loved by a, a, a newer generation of people? And I can actually sort of be like a, you know, almost like a steward of this uh, of this of this love of, of this, this franchise and, and kind of like explain to people why I like this or why I like that. So of course, for me to have been in the the voice role, uh, for this long and, uh, to know that we've got more games coming out. Um, it, it's just, it's awesome. It's, it's neat to see how much it's evolved, how, how each one is kind of different and how each one has its positives and its negatives and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's cool to kind of be right in the mix of all of that stuff. I think you're spot on with that too. The fact that there, there was the movie, which then introduced Sonic again in another, you know what I mean? Bringing more audience in. And there's been plenty of, uh, you know what I mean? Animations and, and things like that. Sonic is absolutely huge and just moving forward, being able to get some of those classic games to be able to play with updated graphics and stuff like that, getting new games and all the things to just, I mean, again, Sonic is, you know, Sonic is that face of Sega. Sonic was that that bad hedgehog who was like, ah, Mario, who, who's Mario? I'm, I'm Sonic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he was that cool, that cool hedgehog. Just like, I never thought a hedgehog could be cool. Yeah. But here we are. And here is Sonic. Let alone a blue hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that's not even realistic. Yeah. But I don't yeah. care because that totally is what a hedgehog is. Yeah. And that's a cool hedgehog. Yeah. Um. Let me ask you, you know, just kind of stepping into the role. I know there's been a couple of other uh, uh, actors that have played uh, Sonic. Is there anything that you've taken from them or did you, you know, have conversations with them just to kind of help for you to be able to get into that character? No, but I mean, like when I when I auditioned for this back in, I, I guess it would probably would have been about 2009 um, is when this uh, when the audition process went down. They showed footage of everything that both Jaleel and Ryan and Jason had done up until that point. Um, to kind of say, okay, this is where, this is where the character has been. And then they were saying, this is what we're attempting to do going forward. And, and it was very much like, you know, it was very much that they had like sort of a game plan in mind with the way they wanted to kind of, uh, sort of mature the character a little bit. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and so unfortunately with the way a legacy character that's been voiced by a bunch of different individuals in the past kind of works, it would almost be it wouldn't be in my best interest or even theirs for me to reach out and start asking them about, Hey, remember that thing you used to do? I'm going to do it now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. let, let me get some, uh, let me get some pointers. It's, it's, and, and nine times out of 10, you're working with the client and the client is the one dictating exactly what they would like you to do. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes, I mean, with certain characters, I don't want to go back and look and see what somebody else has done because they're saying we are going to do nothing like, you know, what has existed in the past. And we would like you to bring something fresh to it. That being said, don't go back and study what's been done because you're going to inherently try to do a version of that. Um, and, right. and and so, you know, with Sega, it wasn't necessarily that way because they were showing us footage of of games and, and animation from from years past to kind of give an idea of like the attitude. But then they were also saying we're trying to we're trying to age it up a little bit um, and we're trying to bring it into a little bit more of a uh, a little more of a contemporary feel. Um, and that's just I mean, that that happens. That happens across the board with everything. It's like, you know, when you start looking at the way, you know, every sort of like classic cartoon character has shifted and changed throughout, you know, throughout generations. It's like that's just that's just how it how it goes. Uh, you know, so it's it. I, I'm I'm neither here nor there with that, but because I just look at like that's that's kind of what has to happen. And as as far as me taking notes from from other actors, that kind of thing, it just all depends on the uh, 
the project, but with Sega, it wasn't it wasn't that way. If I could touch on on briefly uh, Arkham Origins and then Resident Evil a little bit, but mm-hmm. I want I want to start with with Batman here, and what I loved about that game, and if I'm way off base, you can tell me, I suppose, <laughs> but like <laughs> it it felt like first of all, it felt like such a a, a unique challenge because there were portrayals out there from recent memory. Like this wasn't necessarily a legacy character. This was, this was very much a franchise that was fresh in people's minds, but it it felt like that game. I could see your Batman becoming the Batman then from what was chronologically after your game, if that makes sense. Like, was that something that you guys worked on? Yeah. uh, I would say that the first two maybe three uh, i guess it was like two or three sessions but i mean like early on one of the things that we were focusing on the most in starting off on the game was just the voice print and what we were going to do and how we wanted it to 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 be played it's one of the reasons why i say earlier there's only so many things you can do and modify a character before it starts to feel like it's it's not living in the box that we think these characters kind of can operate within mm-hmm. um and uh, and i think it was troy having having voiced the joker in that in an interview who said look there were points on a horizon that we had to kind of be aware of that would that would make our performances believable that th- they would turn into like you're saying would turn into the the sort of characters and the characterizations that both uh Kevin and Mark had had established in the roles mm-hmm. prior. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was definitely a, a focus that we worked on because it was like, look, if, if I go pure Christian Bale, then it's like, well, are we saying that this is more that version of a Batman or, or can we take elements of everything? So we worked for quite a quite a while on the voice type and print and where he would go when he'd get really angry. How far is too far? How over the top should we go? How you know, because it, it's so funny that even with a character like the Joker, you know, there, there's there's a point where it's like you can go too cuckoo and it's like now it doesn't feel like it's not grounded enough in, in being dangerous, you know, that kind of thing. So there's there's all these little pl- parameters in which you have to play within. Um, and and yeah, that was definitely something we were trying to be aware of. Like, you know, we had to have it believable that this version of of Bruce Wayne could turn into Kevin Conroy's version of Bruce Wayne in the games that were taking place technically later as this was an origin story so yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad that kind of resonated because that was something that we were trying to do good and also on on a side note it had one of my maybe my favorite line in a batman game or movie when you said i'm the reason why criminals breathe easier when the sun rises yeah that is just such a like (laughs) yeah that's just writing that's phenomenal writing and that's 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 phenomenal like uh that's just phenomenal game development and phenomenal writing and it's funny because that's that's usually the quote that i if somebody says you know if i if i'm signing something at a fan convention and i say do you want me to put a quote down yeah it's like there's nothing it, it'll, i'll never get comfortable like writing i'm batman you know <laughs> <Just doesn't> seem, <laughs> like, and then signing it going like i am not batman but i, I guess i am <laughs> but i one of my favorite things to write down is i'm the reason the criminals breathe easier when the sun rises Tonight will not be my end, but it will be theirs. Uh, I don't finish with that because it's sort of like out of context, but I am the reason the criminals breathe easier when the sun rises. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's right? Good stuff. Yeah. Right? You know, on, on a similar note here, and I'm going to ask a serious question and, and a very not serious question about Resident okay. Evil. <laughs> but <laughs> on, on a similar note, like Resident Evil is is a, a legendary series, right? And those characters have so much history behind them and so much connection with fans. When you step into a role like that, how much do you take what we've seen from these characters prior into that? 
So that all depends on the, like I said earlier with like Sonic, it all depends on mm-hmm. like the project and it all depends on the development staff as to, as to what they want you to be, you know, sort of capturing. With Resident Evil, I honestly did not do anything other than show up and trust in the direction of both Stephanie Shea and Liam O'Brien, who were my voice directors on that, that game. Um, and that we were just capturing something that the, that the, the, the client wanted. Um, and I was sort of kind of unfamiliar, uh, other than maybe RE4 with the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of my favorite stories is just saying like about, I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way through recording. I was like, I was like, you know, it was like a little bit of a break. And, uh, and I was asking Liam, I was like, so... So this is like like Resident Evil's got like a pretty good fan base, doesn't it? Because I had not really been like a like an RE fan up until that point. It, it wasn't right. like I wasn't like you know habitual on it. So like I remember playing RE four with some friends, um, but it was uh, all of a sudden I was like, so this is gonna have like a lot of eyeballs on it. And Liam was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And he just goes, "Dude, yeah, it's gonna be a big game. It's gonna be very widely anticipated, and there's gonna be a lot of people who are." And I was like, "Oh." Huh. Okay. Okay. And it was like one of those things where I was like, maybe I shouldn't have known that. Maybe it's in my best interest <laughs> not to have known this, but, uh, yeah, no, that was a, that was something where I was like, okay, here we go. And then sure enough, it was like, you know, boom. And thankfully what we had done and through good writing and good direction, they had, uh, they had steered me in a direction that, that resonated with fans. And I was, I was fortunate because it can go, it can go any way. I mean, like, you know, I can remember when I found out that I'd gotten the role of Batman, uh, and I knew that Troy was already in a, on Joker as well. I remember texting him and and we were both kind of in that same, you know, mindset of like, can you believe we got this? And then it was like, oh, wow, we got this. Meaning <laughs> so much of what we do, you know, like in the booth is is I always I make the joke. It's like birthing a vocal baby. And then I hand that baby over to somebody else and they can they can make it ugly or do do something after the fact that, you know, that alters the uh, the appearance of the baby. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a lot that's, that's without your control. Uh, so you go in, you, you do your performance, you do the best you can to satisfy everybody. Uh, and then you walk away and it's like, once you've walked away, the, the developers can do things. They can change the timing of a line that you recorded. They can omit certain elements of a line that you recorded that, you know, sometimes alters the performance that you had intended and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. So mm-hmm. as a result, you never know. You you could be like, okay, we got Batman. And you're like, man, I hope they like whatever version of Batman that we're all going to do together as a collaborative creative unit, because you've got a director, you've got writers, you've got producers, you've got, you know, feedback from, from, from the, the folks that know the canon of the entire series, you know, all that kind of stuff. All these things play into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just you as the actor walking in and going, here is my brilliant performance and this is exactly what it would be you know it's just not that way so it's a big collaborative thing and it can be a little nerve-wracking at times because you're just like all right i hope they like it and thankfully i've been very fortunate um to to have had it work well on 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 a number of projects so i'm i'm uh, i'm very grateful for that i'm gonna just sneak this one in let me preface by saying this that i your your performance in resident evil is great and so this is gonna be a really silly borderline <laughs> kind of stupid question but it, it's been it's been eating at me <laughs> the one of the things i remember most about resident evil 5 is you saying in like this really masculine tough voice give me an egg oh, give me an egg, <laughs> give me an egg. <laughs> was it give me an egg or i need an egg yeah exactly exactly so have you 
<laughs> have you ever been tempted to just sneak that into like conversation at like the store or a restaurant? Everybody always asks, like, here's how here's how this works. Like, we are like nerds for the stuff that we're nerds for. But if you're not a nerd for something and there's just like a like a gray bearded dude at the at the grocery store who like, you know, is trying to hit on like what the girl who's stocking the eggs, you know, in the freezer or in the in the refrigerator. And I walk up to her and I go, hey. I need an egg. And she doesn't know anything about Chris Redfield or anything about Resident Evil or games or anything. Like, I'm walking out in handcuffs. This is, this is, this, and, or even worse, you know, Ryan, going back to earlier, it's like, she's going to videotape me. I'm going to become a viral sensation and I'm going to get canceled. So yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, no, I never do. Because it's, it, you know, it's like when, when folks want to know about the voice and doing voices and that kind of thing, um, I've, I've had a family friends that, you know, will say, oh, hey, it's, you know, it's my kid's, you know, uh, birthday and all of his friends are around or all of her friends are around. And they want you to do this voice. And I did this for my nieces many, many years ago when I was a, a Disney prince in a in a, uh, a home video. And um, mm-hmm. and my my uh, my sister in law was like, hey, go upstairs and say, you know, and, and say the line from the movie. To all, and it was like they were all five years old and it was all a whole bunch of little five-year-old girls that were like sitting around or maybe a little bit older than that, but not not very old. And the line was like Prince Philip from, you know, from this Disney movie. And it was like he's talking to Princess Aurora, his better half. And he's telling her like in this very, you know, like prince-like voice, like, before you go to bed tonight, look for the brightest star in the sky and know that I'll be looking at the same star. Now, that sounds great when it's animated to like a super hunky, you know, on his stallion, <laughs> you know, like like long flowing locks of, of brunette hair and all that. But when it's the 30 something like, you know, uncle who hasn't shaved and just got back from mountain biking with his brother and he's in shorts and he stinks and he's like sweaty and weird looking. And he's saying that standing in the room in front, like it was nothing but like 11, five-year-olds like looking at me like, what? Like, well, And so I always laugh and say like the, the idea, like there's age ranges that this works. And so when they're young, if they're too young, I will always say, give me your phone or let me call your phone, put it on speaker. I'll walk around the corner and I'll do the voice because yeah. the embodiment, like, like they, you know, it's like Sonic to like a little kid. If you see this guy doing the voice, it's like, you know, <laughs> right. That's not Sonic. That's not what Sonic looks <laughs> like. And so you have to, yeah, you have to be very careful about how you approach the breaking that wall. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nine times, because I've had people say the same thing, like, dude, you must do Ezio from Assassin's Creed to women all the time, right? I'm like, no. Do you think <laughs> I look like a guy like, who would walk up like at the Albertsons going like, these eggs are very fresh. No, I like them. I, like, no, I need that egg. No, it just doesn't yeah. work. It's just people, people think it's creepy. I think it's creepy when I see myself doing it. I can't stand watching myself do what I do because it's just like, nah, that's not my impression of the of knowing who I am and what I sound like when I do these things is very different, uh, very different experiences. Very true. And I know that like uh, um, it was Cartoon Network's regular show. You voice like some what 170 voices. <laughs> uh, the the extensive work that you've done, like where do you like? Where do you draw from and, and kind of what does that look like just coming up with all these different voices? 
that's the greatest thing about what I get to do. It's one of my 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 favorite things about being what what would be called like a utility player on a series. Like like they mm-hmm. they just would bring me in to do different stuff, and it's always fun because it's never about me necessarily. I have to have like in my mind, I got to think, okay, what can I do? Can I do that for a full two hour session, or you know, like without mm-hmm. blowing my voice out and making sure that I can still work later or still do the voice for them again, that kind of thing. I have to be aware of like what my capabilities are and work within my range. Um, but, but how you come up with these different things is, is nine times out of 10, it's, it's a big, it's a big collaborative kind of thing that, uh, that, you know, the, the creator of the show in this case, would be like JG would sit there and say like, you know, Hey, we're looking for like this, you know? And you'd be like, Oh, okay. So like when it was, when they were giving me the role of Thomas, it was like, you know, that was going to become a recurring role, which was kind of cool. Um, and with that, I was like, oh, he's like a goat. Okay, so I'm like a goat. Yeah. You know, we're going to do like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, dude, he's just like, it's a regular show. He's like a regular <laughs> dude. And I was like, oh. I'm like, what do you want him to sound like? He's like, probably just kind of like your speaking voice. And I was like, like this? And he's like, yeah, maybe a little younger. And I was like, oh, okay. So like uh, somewhere like in here. And he goes, yeah, that's it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, and it was funny. I was like, this is okay. This is just, you know. And then there's moments where it's like, they explained to me on like Margaret's dad, which was one of the the the, the sort of more enjoyable uh, memories on that show, was like with Margaret's dad, they were gonna get Jesse Ventura to come in and do the voice, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they were gonna ask me to do Scratch, and he was like, yeah, we're gonna get Jesse the uh, you know Jesse the body Ventura, and in my mind I was like, oh yeah, but I had confused him in my mind with Randy Macho Man Savage uh, who <laughs> did the Slim Jim commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so he was like, yeah, so we're ju- we just need you to do scratch. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like, like, oh yeah, it's like, that's, that's the guy. And, and JG's like, no, 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 that's Randy. You know, that's Macho Man. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. And I had never done Jesse Ventura, but I remember him as like, I was like, I was like, oh, the governor, like the Minnesota <laughs> governor. <laughs> you know, the guy who had to die, you know, and then you that, that thick Minnesota accent and that. And all of a sudden it was like, JG's looking at me and I'm looking at him going like, I didn't know I could do that. And Chris, our director, was going like, I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, neither did I. And then, uh, you know, it became a Margaret's dad. And it was just screwing around and doing stuff. And I was like, that's comfortable in my voice. It doesn't destroy my voice. I'm like, let's do that. And so that mm-hmm. wasn't me, you know, really working on my Jesse Ventura impression and walking in and going here, I'm going to do this for your character. It's like, we all together kind of came up with it. And, uh, and, and that's how a lot of that stuff goes down. And, and when you see that fact that it was like, I voiced over 170 characters, it's like so many of them sound so much alike. It's just like, you know, the video store guy sounds like taco vendor number four or that kind of thing. It's like, you know, and the pizza delivery dude. And the, you know, the guy who regrets nothing as he gets launched out of a can and all it's like, they all kind of start to sound a little bit, a little bit like uh, a little bit alike, but, um, but it's, but it's so much fun getting to be, somebody who can come in and just start throwing stuff. You just start throwing stuff against the wall. Like we want him to sound older. And he's like, oh, I make him sound old. And they're like, no, no, not that old. And like, oh, I'm a little older. You know? And they go, yeah, nah, two horse. And like, oh, you want him to sound uh, You know, it's like, that's, that's how my day goes. And it's like, it's such a joy because then they go like, yeah, take that out of British accent and have him giggle a lot in his lines. And you're like, okay. And so then it becomes something, you know, where you start just creating up, you know, like weird little things and you go, Hey, look what we did. So it's never, never just me coming up with it. It's always a, it's a, it's such a collaborative process with the creators and, and, uh, and the people on the other side of the glass. You know, 
my last question is courtesy of my girlfriend, and she would kill me if I didn't squeeze this in. Like okay. she, the what the last thing she said to me before we started recording was bring this up. So, Uh-oh. so I got I got to bring this up. <laughs> you were the the narrator in Say Yes to the Dress. Oh correct? yes, Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah, for many seasons. I don't remember how many. I think we had five different versions of the show, and yeah, you yeah, know, for I think like thirteen seasons, something like that if not more. It's it's funny because like the more I thought about it, like that seems like actually a, a pretty difficult challenge. Like, do you, do you watch the storylines before they give you the, the lines to read or like, like, I mean, cause like based on what's happening, the inflection probably has to be fairly different based on, on the story. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because um you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I think a lot of people just assume that what we do, you know, behind a voiceover microphone is just read out loud or, you know, it's like that's when people want to be as insulting or, or ignorant. It's always just like, well, it's just reading out loud. And you're like, yeah, no, it's a lot more to it. And thankfully, um, it's mostly it's theater of the mind. And to be honest, that they would have a producer on the phone with me as we were doing the recording because I would have to ask those questions, because if you get a line like meanwhile, across the salon, you know, Susan wishes, uh, you know, Susan wishes her grandmother could be here for this special moment. Well, I have to ask, is grandma not there for this special moment because she's stuck trying to find parking outside and is missing it? Or did she die? Because <laughs> yeah. there's a couple different ways that you can read that line, you know, and so the context is everything. And it's it's not to say that it's a challenge, but it is where the, you know, the, the wanting to be professional and wanting to make sure that what you're getting is, is appropriate um, comes into play. And thankfully, that's where the producer of those uh, of those episodes would have the the context and the knowledge of like oh no no this one is about you know they they had a dog die or you know this one's about it's super funny because what happened was she you know broke her heel out on the curb outside and it's like it it could be all that but yeah it was always all I got were just lines my script would be just you know meanwhile across the salon you know bride tiffany is is here for her special day and you're like okay that's that's kind of it that's just a we're just you know switching from one story to the next but then there were other like more heartfelt moments that i would want to ask like you know how how there's a fine line i think with good narration and i'm not saying that what i did was good narration but i think there's a fine line when it becomes almost a little insulting as if it's like hey uh viewer by me inflecting the way I'm inflecting, this is me letting you know how you should feel as opposed to just sort of facilitating the, here's what's happening in this scene and I want you to have your experience with it, but we're giving you the context because we can't cram everything into this, you know, one hour show kind of a thing. Right. Um, and so there's a, there's a fine line between that stuff. And, and thankfully when it's collaborative, it can be, it can be very effective. Absolutely. Again, Roger, thank you so much for coming on a show. We are so pumped that you are back to take us through Sonic, more adventures, more Sonic. We are excited for that. As far as thank you know, you. I mean, this week, thank yeah. you. I, might, I might quit tomorrow. Again. <laughs> take like a week off and they go like, I'm back. Hey, everybody. Going to go ahead and throw out a press conference. I, I am going back into retirement, actually, guys. <laughs> exactly. As no, long as you, you don't Brett Favre us, we're okay. Say that again? Yeah. As long as you don't Brett Favre us, we're okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah constantly. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Absolutely. Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend? More ME, I'm guessing? Still grinding out Mass Effect. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to do something out 
outdoors as in outside of my house not really outside because i don't want to melt but (laughs) we're gonna figure something else to do maybe a nice dinner or something what about yourself nice you know uh mass effect and and destiny 2 is is on the docket for me this will be i i've traveled the last two weekends so it'll be nice to actually just sit on my butt and not do much of anything so i'm excited about that uh, and yeah, just gaming. So it should be pretty chill. However, thank you guys so much for joining us this week on Land Parties. We appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget, check us out on the tweeters at Land Parties Pods, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces.